Would you just celebrate the goodness of God? We had so many people respond last week making faith commitments towards our Imagine campaign. And uh, I want to thank every one of you who made a commitment last week. Um, we're going to be, we're still tallying up those totals. We know that uh, there's going to be more commitments coming in today and even next week. We've got some people who are maybe just traveling sick. Some people who said, uh, no, God, I'm not giving right now. And then God spoke to you during the week. And you're like, okay. <laughs> so maybe some of those, we applaud you for responding. But if you did not have the opportunity to drop one of those cards, um, there should be one on your seat or the seat next to you. And if you need one, just raise your hand right now. And what you can do after service is there will be somebody at the, at the exit with a box or a bucket, and you can drop it that card. So if you take a moment, fill that out. It's not too late. You can join in. Today is First Offering Sunday. And so we're bringing our first and best um, of our offering towards Imagine, our future home. Changing lives forever. Amen. So it starts today. Come on. Somebody say it starts today. And they'll throw the giving options on the screen. Let me just guide you through this. You, uh, this is, remember, this is above and beyond tithes and offerings. And um, you can give mobile. You can give online. You can drop a check in an envelope. Just make sure if you drop a, a check or cash in an envelope um, in the box on the way out um, that you mark that as imagine. When you give online via text or on the website, tfhnatomas.church slash give. Make sure you pull down and ch check the Imagine tab. Um, and so that we, we know it's going towards the uh, proper, proper accounts. Amen? And, um, but, yeah, you can join in today. Turn to somebody and tell them it's not too late. <laughs> and um, in a couple of weeks, we'll be giving a report on, on where we are. I do want to ask you, would you be there Thursday night, 7 p.m.? It's going to be shorter. Because our broker, he's kind of opened it up for us, and he doesn't have all night, and he's being very gracious by coming out. At, you know, he's got family life and all that stuff. So we're going to be there for maybe half an hour of worship, or half an hour of worship, and we're going to give you a quick tour. So you're going to get to know where the kids' ministry is going to be. Come on. Anybody got kids? Come on, parents. Y'all should be there. Anybody want kids? Come on. They, they might grow up in that house. Are you with me right now? You know, you ain't going to make them in that house, but you might bring, I mean, it, we don't roll like that. We're all about family life, but not that much. But uh, we're going to show you where the cry room is for, for parents of crying babies who can't make it through the nursery. And you're like, I still want a word. So you'll be able to, we're going to have the family room for parents with little kids who maybe aren't ready for kids' ministry because they're shy or bashful. They are not used to the teachers yet. So that you can actually watch and listen on screen in the family room. And they'll have a kid set up right there and toys and Legos and blocks or whatever stuff they give to kids to get them to behave. And, uh, and then we'll have our own discover room where essentials will happen. Amen. It's happening today, by the way, being essentials, right? Next steps. Party with the pastors will happen in its own room. That's going to happen. Did we announce that? I mean, ain't no party without people. I won't be partying by myself. Some of y'all thought it was party by the pastor. <laughs> it's the party by, he party by, no, it's, I, I need some folks in there. It's going to be about 15, 20 minutes. We'll hang out, have a light lunch. We'll just have a, a good time, get to know each other. Sound good? But you're going to get a tour of all that stuff and how it's going to look in the new space. Are you excited? Yeah. It's going to be good. Come on, give God a hand because he's working it out. He's working for our good, and it's amazing. Um, to some people, it's amazing the different responses you get when you, you say our goal is $200,000, and um, some, for some, it's like, oh, my gosh, how are we going to do that? 
Then you talk to other people like, that's it? And I'm like, okay, what do you do for a living? <laughs> and let's have coffee today because <laughs> we got goals to meet. But remember this, that buildings are not eternal, but what happens in them is. Tell somebody, buildings are not eternal, but what happens in them is. So if you didn't feel one, grab that Connect card. Pray over it, fill it out, drop it in the bucket on the way out. They'll be at the door. Amen. You also should have got a Lego. How many got a Lego? Did that bring back memories? No? Something like, I don't, what is this? What is this? What do I do with it? Throw it at somebody? I didn't have Legos. We have weapons when I came. Where I came from, Pastor Matt, they didn't give us Legos. My mom gave me a knife <laughs> or a nine, one or the other. But she said, no nines to your nine. <laughs> no, but I remember growing up with Legos. How many had ch fond childhood memories of just building blocks and doing Anybody have those colorful wood ones? Is that too old school? Okay, they had these ones. It's not like Legos. They don't sti stick together, so you got to be, it's more like Jenga, but bigger and more colorful, right? And you have to beat up your little brother if they knocked it down after you spent an hour of building a castle, right? <laughs> or if they were bigger than you, you're like, good job. But we're going to get to that in a minute. And I want to open up it with our final installment of our series, Imagine. Um, and this is kind of a transition message because we're going to go into a new series next week. So you don't want to miss it. It's called Heart and Soul. Heart and Soul. And we're going to delve into how the power of, 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 of achieving things when we're united. The power of being so united that we become unstoppable. And we're going to, so that we're transitioning um, this is a transition message, but you, uh, it's going to be a great one. Bring a friend next week. Let's turn our attention to the screens or to our Bibles, Acts 4.32. When you have that, say, I am ready. Acts 4.32. Let's go. Now, the full number of those who believed were of one heart. Say, one heart and soul. Isn't that a beautiful, just a beautiful phrase? One heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. You know what's so funny is when I was about 17 years old, um, we had a small group at a place called the UTC, and it was a training center for those who would do urban missions. How many came from the urban sector of society? Anybody came from the hood? Boy, I'm from the ghetto. You don't know. I put the park in Oak Park. Not park. Oh, pork, if you eat pork, right? It's the hood. I die for life for crap for. <laughs> I don't know. You don't know where I'm from? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> back to these messages. <laughs> but it was so funny because we had a small group. We were talking about just our favorite animals. I don't know why. But I remember my director, who was probably about 25, he said, What's your favorite animal? I said, The lion. Some of y'all know this. It's my favorite uh, uh, animal in, in, the, in the animal kingdom. I said, it's, it's a lion, Pastor Tony. And he's watching. Pastor Tony, this is my revenge. He goes, why, oh, he, goes I said, he goes, why do you like lions? I said, because they're so majestic. They're so powerful. But, man, they're beautiful at the same time. And he just looked at me. Because Pastor Tony's from the hood. Pastor Tony was straight off the streets in Southern, uh, Los Angeles, right? And so the word beautiful was not the word that was thrown around, at least not in those days, right? I mean, 
you know, talking about cholo, you know, you know, the, 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 the button down, right? Maybe three buttons down, the rest is open. The Pendletons, thank you so, thank, ooh, okay. Yeah, the Pendletons, right? The Dickies, I mean, you could cut your finger on those creases. I used to, I used to be so envious of those, of those guys because I couldn't do that. I had double creases. Probably because I'm half Filipino. We don't, it's like, uh, <laughs> I'll crease like that. What you talking about? <laughs> Matthew, just, just iron it flat. It's easier that way. So I'm very conflicted growing up, right? <laughs> and so, uh, obviously. And uh, he, I said, beautiful. He just stared at me for a good five seconds. And he's like, beautiful. <laughs> he goes, beautiful. <laughs> and he kind of made fun of me. So Pastor Tony, you're so beautiful. <laughs> and, and, and he made fun of me. I felt kind of embarrassed. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm a church kid. In the hood, but not of it. Can I get an amen? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and so um, I had to like, whoa, was that kind of weird? I was, was, I, was, I too, was that too friendly? I mean, was that, and uh, years later, I would go up and we have a conversation at a conference. And he's just like, man, talking about all these awesome things happening. And guess what word he used? Guess what word he used? Beautiful. And can I tell you that 25-year-old me, maybe, you know, eight years later or so, it's like, what? You ain't gangster? And, and you know, it, it shows how he had grown. He had evolved in his maturity, his mental, his thinking, right? That you, you, you can, you can uh, enlarge in your, your capacity for uh, your vocabulary, your thought process. Uh, just as a human being, you start to see the beauty of God. The more you see it, the more you want to describe it in accurate terms, right? And so I love that the church can be both powerful and beautiful. Tell somebody, you are powerful and beautiful. Now be careful. Make sure her man ain't too close by, or if he is, respect the game. And if you're threatened by that, brother, you should have been telling her that on the way to church, after church, all week long, whispering her in her ear while she's falling asleep, waking up, even while she's still asleep. You're beautiful. Powerful and beautiful. <laughs> the church is beautiful and powerful. And that's what we see in the book of Acts. That it was this powerful entity, this force that threatened darkness and evil and godlessness in society. And threatened selfishness and sin and destruction and everything that was diabolical and satanic. But it was also beautiful. It was a community. It was a family. There was a sharing of lives and of hearts and, 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 and an intimacy of relationships that rivaled anything you could ever know or experience today. It was something that the people of those times had never experienced before. It's no wonder that they wanted to be part of this thing called the church. It's no wonder it was so compelling. Because it was so beautiful that you couldn't stop but stand in awe of what God had created and how humans could be part of a move of God. Not just an organization, but a living organism. And at the same time, it was so powerful that you were compelled to not just stand and watch. 
but to be part of it. To be part of the life of it. To know and to be known. To admire the gifts and the strengths and the capacity of others. But also be deeply motivated to discover your own God-given gifts. Your own blessings. Your own graces that God had put within you through his Holy Spirit. So that you could be a blessing to others. We're blessed to be a blessing. Can I get an amen? We're blessed to be a blessing. Now, how many got that Lego that you received at the door by that kind, handsome gentleman from the hood named Art? <laughs> Give it up for Art. What a great guy. We love you, Art. A work of art. Now, you don't know this, and I, he might beat me up for telling you this, but he is a, he is a connoisseur of all things Lego. He is. Like, he, he can build. He's a handyman. He knows all. He could do, all, do it all. Anything that, if you fix, if it's broken, he can fix it. Right? But he's also like a master of Lego art. Like art. He is a true artist with that stuff. And I was amazed at some of the things he's built and created out of Legos. I have never met a person. And the five-year-old to eight-year-old me just leapt out of my skin and said, I want to be art one day. One day I want to grow up and be a child again. Now, if you know art, you know, he'll share his testimony with you. But he, he, had some, he, he grew up in these streets. Right, And maybe a lot of his childhood was taken from him. And I think it's so great when God can restore unto the broken soul the unlived joys of our youth. <laughs> Come on, amen. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. But hand you that Lego, and you have two minutes to do this, church. Let's see how creative and quick you are. How many have your Lego? Lift it up in the air if you got your Lego. If you don't have one, I was going to say raise your hand, but we wouldn't be able to differentiate you from the others because everybody. Okay, put your hand down. If you need one, raise your hand real quick. You got two minutes. Uh, um, give, me some, give me some music. I need you to build a plane. This is how you're going to do it. You're going to pass your Lego to the person next to you. I don't know how you're going to do it, but by the time we get from this side all the way to the end, it's got to look like a plane. Do you, can you imagine? I can only imagine. <laughs> do you think we can do it? You don't. So we need some more Legos over here. Anybody else need Legos? Oh, y'all, see, y'all are like, I'm coming back. I'm coming back to my 12-year-old self. I'm coming back, Jesus. Are you ready? Can we do this? All right. You got to pass it down. And however you do it, even if you have to reorient some stuff to reconfigure it, but you got like a couple seconds to get it done and pass it to the next person. Are you ready? We're going to start right here from the front. It's going to go. How should we go? Just straight down the front or should we? Oh, should we? Do, you want to do, do three planes and see who has the best plane? Oh, let's do that. All right, team one, team two, team three. All right, the best plane wins. All right, do, do we have a timer? We've got a two-minute two timer. Okay, are you all ready back there? What's that? Instructions, okay. Starting with the person on the far right of your section in the front row. Far right, my left, your right, uh, um, my right, your left, I'm sorry. You're going to pass it down, and you've got to combine your Legos and keep adding on to it. And every, every person who takes it on has to make sure it's looking more like a plane. Does that make sense? And by the end, it gets, gets to the last person. It's got to look like the plane. The best plane wins. Are you ready? I see, some, I see the competition in your eyes. We're going to count down. Ten, nine. Some of y'all cheating. You weren't cheating. You started like five minutes ago. Go! Got two minutes. 
<laughs> Who left the best planes? I want to see United Airlines. I want to see a jet carrier. We want to see a spaceship. <laughs> One and a half minutes. Who will the winner be? Will it be team one, team two, or team three? <laughs> Production's got their own team. Fi they finished their jet, y'all. <laughs> their team of four finished. You got one minute. One minute. Once you've gone through anyone, you can ask for more Legos. You got one minute left. Once you got to the last person in the back row, raise your hand for more Legos and keep push passing it around. <laughs> 45 seconds. Where are the Lego maniacs? Thirty seconds. <laughs> Y'all are doing great. You're doing great. 20 seconds. Once we get to 10, count down with me. Yeah, somebody did. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and... Come on, give it up for all of our contestants. All right. Can we turn in the, the planes, the whatever you, you, you made out of that. <laughs> Let's see who's, who's going to win. Is it team two? Is it team two? They're pretty, they're pretty. Is it team three? These guys are confident. Saw, oh, she, the rest of her team's like, uh, is, is it team three? Who's this? This is team three, yo. Oh, you, did you just break it? Oh, okay. He's like, this is team three? Okay, watch, gaze, admire the beauty and the glory of team three's. Uh, it's a piece of grass with wings. Mommy, I can't mow the lawn. It's flying away. Great job. Give it up for team three. You guys did great. I like that. It's even got like a, a nose. That's cool. All right. Okay. You got team threes right there. Uh, this one was the one that lost its exit door in the air. Oh, they are. We're out of this thing. Uh, which which side's the front? Okay. It, this, is, <laughs> is this team two? Team one? Team one. Come on, give it up for team one. Oh, like this. Oh, there it is. It got that gangster lean. I'm from that west side. This is how we glide. 
pierce the sky till the Adonai comes. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Um, where's this is this one got a wheel? Y'all didn't even touch it. They just laid it on top and said, let's see if this will give us the win if we put a tire on top. Oh, it's a spare. It's a spare. To replace the invisible ones on the bottom. <laughs> Who's this? Is this team two? I don't know. Y'all, this got a, it's got a living room. It's got an attic and a basement. <laughs> What, what's that? Spirit. You're going to become a spirit if you fly spirit. <laughs> it's the quickest way to heaven. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Looks like our spares need a spare. This, this, this is impressive, guys. How many say team one won? How many say team two by, by measure of shout? How many go for team three? Ooh, is it team two or team three? <laughs> Y'all are nuts. I don't know. Eddie, you make the decision. <laughs> oh, oh man, that I mean, that's some engineering right there. It's like a chihuahua with wings. Yo quiero taco bell and we fly too. I think it's team two, y'all. I gotta be honest. Come on, give it up. All y'all are hired for spirit air t tanks with wheels and stuff that'll get you from Del Paso Heights to Natomas. That's about as far as it go. Come on, give it up for everyone. You guys did a good job. But you know what would have been so funny is if we would have said, every one of you is your own team with your own break, and you've got to make a plane out of your solo break. And we're going to see who's going to be the best. What would have been our reaction? We probably would have looked at him. What is he talking about? You can't make anything with just one brick. You could barely make anything with two bricks. Well, if we could all come together, if we could all bring our little brick, our, 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 our five loaves and two fish like the little boy who is asked to carry out the task of supplying resource to the Son of God who is the commander and provider of all the universe's resources. Why does the, the richest entity in the universe and outside of the universe ask for our stuff? Ooh. Why does he ask for our bread and our fish when he owns the galaxies and the stars? It's not because he needs our bread and our two fish or our Legos. It's because when we come together and we bring our not enough and we combine our not enough, he multiplies our not enough and he turns bricks into airships. Are you with me right now? He turns Legos into palaces. 
He turns, he turns, he turns dirt and clay into living human beings with a soul and a spirit and a brilliant mind and gifts and talents and out of this world capacities. And he, 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 he does that stuff. I can't do much with one Lego. If my mom would have given me one Lego when I was a kid and said, here you go, Matthew, have fun. You don't love me, do you, Ma? And we know that's not true. My mom was the most loving mom you could ever, ever, ever have. Church, we are, we are, we're better together. We're bigger together. You know, I stopped saying that phrase for a while, better together. Because the last person who told me that we are better together did not live that. And what it really meant was we're better together till I don't like you. I don't agree with you. Or I have a different perspective. See, someone said in our leadership team meeting that unity is not uniformity. Is that David Boy? Somebody said that. And that's, there's so much truth to that, isn't it? That the beauty of the church is not that we're united because we are exactly the same. It's united because we're different color bricks and different size bricks. And that you can take that collection of bricks and put them together, and this collection could put theirs together, and they could put, and it comes out completely different. Some got wheels that are not even being used, but it is the product of their imagination. They say, we're going to use these wheels because we got them. <laughs> so they just put it on top. Everybody get your spare tire today and put, your, put it on top of your, your car when you drive away. When people ask why you got that, you say, just because I got it. It's on my car because I can put it on my car. <laughs> we create better things together. And there's so much pain in the world that has been ripped apart by isolation and it's not necessarily the fruit of the pandemic. I think the pandemic definitely amplified and magnified and multiplied isolation, individualism, privatism, loneliness. Are you with me? Whether intentional or unintentional. But I didn't think it created it. Are you all with me right now? It was already there. People were already divided. It's been happening. Right? Even within our culture. If you go back a few decades and some of you got grandparents where you knew all your neighbors' names. Right? You knew, you knew, you knew the names of every employee and every, everyone you work with because you spent a couple decades at the same company. It's a different world. And, and there, there's not, it's not necessarily long that wrong that the world's changed. But I think what we have to be conscious of is that when we make isolation or being separate from one another, easier. We make loneliness greater and more of a threat to this thing called community. And if community is threatened, so is unity. Because you can't have unity without a collective. You can't have unity without, without, without different sized and color bricks. Can I get a witness in the house right now? Unity is not uniformity because uniformity is something that you're told to do. And unity is something that you choose to do. 
unity, uniformity is doing things because maybe it is right. And maybe it makes me part of the team. So I do this and I do that and I carry this out. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that because I don't want my Angels players rocking A's jerseys. Because we need uniforms. So the world knows whose team we are. Can I get an amen? If you don't agree with me, have your Niners rock Raiders jerseys and vice versa. Some of y'all would have a heart attack and say, oh, no. There is a God, and we're going to stop this, me and God. So you need uniformity in certain contexts. But just because you put on the jersey doesn't make you part of the team. Just because you put on the jacket or the badge or the, or, the, or, 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 or the necklace or whatever says that I am this, I am that, doesn't mean that your soul is knitted together with the others who make up that community. And I think what the devil is trying to do is one of two things. is He tries to keep people from genuine community and he tries to keep them from authentic unity. But if he can't keep you from the community, the gathering, the fellowship, the family, the body of Christ, then he'll keep you in the community as long as your harmony is, is fabricated. As long as it's fictional. As long as it's false. As long as it's not the real deal. But here's the problem. Is that you cannot. You cannot live out an authentic faith walking around in a mask for long. Eventually, what's inside? Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What is inside will inevitably come out one way or another. My counselor told me this. He says, Matt, if you don't grieve right, if you don't learn how to grieve, listen, your grief will show up in a more dangerous and unhealthy way. And that is so true. If we don't address the discord within ourselves. Let me say this. Some people, they find it so difficult to build healthy relationships because their hearts are divided. You cannot build a healthy house with a divided heart. If divorce was in your heart going into the marriage, it'll come up. Whether in your conversation, your imagination, listen, listen, listen. Just because your mama and your granddaddy and your ancestors were bound by a spirit of division and divorce doesn't mean your kids need to be. Doesn't mean you need to be. And I'm not here to shame anyone. If you've been through that, God knows the horrendous pain of it. But it does not have to be the default for our children and our children's children. You can recover. You can heal. You can forgive. Listen, they might have done you dirty, but it doesn't mean you need to act dirty. Stop blaming your future for the past mistakes of your past. Stop blaming, stop blaming Mr. Right, the real Mr. Right, for your ex's mistakes. Don't punish next for X. Are you with me right now? Well, the reason why I'm so angry and I don't respect men is because, and we start to create this list in our own soul of all the reasons why we don't have to be healthy. 
But can I tell you something? It doesn't matter if Jesus picked you up with his nail-scarred hands, put his hand on your chest and said, be healed. If you don't want to be healed, God will not impose his healing virtue upon your soul. You've got to say, yes, God. I will not be a slave to the abuse of a man 10 years ago or a woman who left me 20 years ago. I will be healed because you say I'm healed. I will have a future because the future's in your hands. I will create a generational blessing because you blessed me and I'm highly favored in the present. And when we can get people who are healing and whole and growing in health together, then it creates healthy community. That's what's so difficult about church. It's because we are born for broken people. And then people walk into the church like they walk into a gym. Why is everybody out here so overweight? (laughs) The gym was made for people who want to get healthy. Amen? Can I get an amen? Amen. Don't judge me. You're like, you've been in the gym in a while, Pastor, man. No, I haven't. No, I haven't. You know why? Anyway, I'm not going to get into that. No, no excuse. I'm, I'm finding my way there one step at a time. And the gym's about two miles from my house, so i got a few more thousand steps before I get there. I will get there. My son's saying, Dad, we should go to the gym. Isn't it funny when your five-year-old or your three-year-old turns into a 13-year-old, and then their voice octaves like drop? And it's like, da, da, da. They call me da. Da. And he's like, da. <laughs> I come out of the room sometimes. I hear a voice. No. Hey, sailor. Hey, I didn't do it. Uh, who took my remote control? I'm like, who's in my house? <laughs> da. It's me. <laughs> Monster. You 13-year-old beast, what did you do with my little boy? You're a man. (laughs) But we build healthy, healthy things because we first choose health. And until we come to a point where we're willing to admit what is unhealthy in ourselves, we will completely put a lid upon our capacity to produce healthy things in the world. You can't teach forgiveness if you haven't forgiven. Someone said, you say what you know, you teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. Ain't that the truth? And the church was able to reproduce health because they started with health. Because before Jesus established a church, he poured himself into 12 men, knowing that one was going to betray him. Super toxic, super unhealthy, right? What was his name? Sneaky, sly, selfish, talking, sneaking, uh, 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 colluding, right? Setting Jesus up. Watch out for colluders. Let me give a warning to compassionate people, empathetic people, merciful people with the gift of mercy. Listen, you are beautiful. How many are grateful for compassionate, merciful people? You are so beautiful. You remind us of the mercy of God and the compassionate heart of the Savior. But mercy without wisdom and compassion without wisdom will be a bleeding, broken mess if we don't learn that not everybody has the same heart. And while you can love everybody with all your heart, and it doesn't mean you trust them equally. I'm not saying be distrusting, but I'm saying, hey, be careful who you entrust your dreams to. 
Be careful who you give your heart to. Anybody single and ready to mingle? Be, be, be careful who you give your heart to too quickly. Because if they can't be a good friend, what makes you think they'll be a great spouse? Because I'll tell you, at long after the physical attraction fades, because eventually it will. It's still there for me. I think, I think my wife is fire. She definitely thinks I'm fire. I mean, she doesn't say it, but I tend to lean towards the prophetic, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, she's thinking about me. She definitely, oh. If, she, if we weren't married, she'd be in so much sin right now, the way she's looking at me. Girl, put my clothes back on in your mind. <laughs> Was that too much? No, it wasn't. I was going to add to that, but it would be so inappropriate. <laughs> if your kids don't complain because you are too romantic with each other, let's work on some stuff. I'm not saying everybody speaks the physical affection love language, but we got to fan the flame. Who told you that once you got married and the honeymoon ended that five years, 10 years, 15, 20 years later, you didn't have to be just as romantic? I'm not perfect, but I still open up the door. Are you with me right now? In this women's hyper empowerment age, yes, yeah, she's powerful. That's why I give her honor and I open up the door. Are you with me? Can I get an amen right now? And she is confident in her femininity enough to say, hey, I, I don't need to threaten your masculinity for, for me to feel whole as a woman. I don't need to stop being a woman for you to be a man. Are you, are you with me right now? We realize we're Legos. We're better together. We can create more things, more dreams, more futures, more babies. I mean, more, more things. Pray for me, y'all. I need more kids. Mine are growing up, and they're amazing. I love this. This season, but man, sometimes I'm like, can we just have more little ones too, though? I'm like, give me the big ones and some more little ones. I, 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 I'm a man. I'm a man. I'm a 43-year-old man. How old was Abraham when he gave his seed to his bride? And I mean, I got at least a good 40 years in me of progeny. I'm like, what are you, are we just going to stand here and do nothing? I'm going to change the world when I'm dead. How do you think I'm going to do this? Have more babies, girl. If that doesn't work out, we'll adopt. <laughs> Maybe even so. Yeah, you get to give them back, huh? Okay, we'll try that. <laughs> Not too soon, though. <laughs> but this outpouring happened in, in the book of Acts, and it formed a community. Somebody say community. When the Holy Spirit moves, he brings people together. I said when the Holy Spirit moves, he brings people together. He does not show up and dwell in spaces where people do not gather he does not dwell in these spaces when we're gone. Are you with me right now? There might be some supernatural lingering and do of what happened. I've definitely been in moments where I walked into the church building. I mean, uh, when we were my dad, my dad was pastoring a church in Del Paso Heights. We had prayer every night, 6 to 7 o'clock of the week, powerhouse of prayer, right? I mean, mountain-moving prayer. And people would walk into those prayer nights. Some people can't even make it to one hour a week, and they're like, how are we going to make it on Thursday night? And no judgment, but, man, if you can't pray for the miracle, how do you expect to see the miracle? And so we, we, walk, <laughs> we, walk, we would come in and people, and people would walk in because there's so much prayer. They say, ooh, I just feel like, what is that? 
it wasn't even a prayer night. They walk in during the week and say, this feels different in here. It's because what you spur on in real time, what you create in real time in the spirit through prayer and through fasting, through worship and praise, it lingers. Are you with me right now? In the spiritual, it lingers. When the Roman officer was, uh, uh, was, was, conf- was dealt with, when he was confronted by an angel, it said, hey, 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 I, I, we've, the, your, your offerings, your, your, your prayers have built up a monument. It means that every prayer he had done in the past and every sacrificial offering he had made in the past had built something. Somebody say, we're building something. It built something. There was this supernatural heavenly momentum and that, that, that came to a moment in his time, of, in his life, where the angel of heaven said, hey, listen. You have been praying, you've been sowing, you have been giving to the kingdom, and we want you to know it has not gone in vain, and it's built a monument that exists in eternity right now. You, If you could see in the spirit what you've been building, your mind would be blown away. Do not underestimate the sacrificial offering of prayer, of worship, of tithes, of offerings given to God. Nothing you sacrifice is not meant with holy fire. They're building something in the spirit. Building something. We're building something. And so they built something, and there's this outpouring of the spirit. People get filled with the spirit in Acts chapter 2 and the upper room. How many are familiar with that passage? And this tremendous unity forms in the church. Now, it doesn't mean that they didn't have squabbles. They eventually would, as you see through Paul's writing. If you think that churches that have issues are not churches worth being part of, you need to read your Bible. So far, I have not had to address, and I don't look forward to having to address a man who is sleeping with his father's wife. But Paul did. Paul addressed issues with adultery. Paul addressed slander. Paul addressed all forms of, of sexual sin, pornography, homosexuality, adultery, all the stuff. He's like, it's all right, and it's in the church. He said, hey, listen, we need to repent. Let's get this together. Hey, stop fighting over dumb stuff. Hey, over there, women, widows, stop gossiping. Ladies and wives at home, stop gossiping. Let's, we don't need to be doing that. Paul was constantly exhorting and testing and trying and addressing cultural stuff. We talk a lot about culture in our church because the culture is a reflection of who we are. But what you see in Acts is this unified body, this family that shook the world. Can you tell two people we can still shake the world for Jesus? Tell somebody we can shake this city for Jesus. Some of us are like, well, I need to be get shaken up myself before I shake cities and nations. It's okay. Acts chapter 2, verses 46 through 47 says, Day after day, they met in the temple area, continuing with one mind and breaking bread in various private homes. They were eating their meals together with joy and generous hearts. Somebody say generosity. It was an attribute of the early church. Why was there power? Why was there presence? Why was there favor? Because of these qualities. They're eating their meals together. How many like to eat together? That's what Christians do. The less you sin, the more you eat. And then you got to lose more weight. And then you got to rediscover exercise, amen, <laughs> and healthy eating. Praise God. Verse 47, praising God continually, not just once in a while, not just the average church attender. We don't have church attenders here. Well, we do, but what we're trying to build is disciples. 
We're trying to be people who are cross-bearing, spirit-filled, fire-baptized, devoted prayer warriors who follow Jesus to the ends of the earth till they bite the dust and they kiss the heavens. That's what we're building, amen? Not church attenders. You, you might start out as a church attender, but our prayer is that you'll fall so madly in love with Jesus, the God of heaven and earth who loves you, that you say there's no devotion or commitment level that is too high to follow my Savior who went to the cross for my sin and for my soul and for my salvation. They were eating their meals together with joy and generous hearts. What should the church be? It should be joyful. We can play. We have fun. We laugh. Amen. The church doesn't have to be boring. They were generous. They gave offerings and sacrificial giving towards ministry needs, towards other churches, towards the poor, towards outreach and evangelism. Verse 47, praising God. They were a church of praise. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Why do we shout? Why do we lift our hands? Why do we sing? Why do we dance? Because we're putting on a show? No. Let me tell you something. The worship team is not the 10 people who are on the platform every weekend. The worship team is every single person who is in that aisle, in that seat, who is lifting hands, who is lifting voices. We are. We are God's choir. Can I get a witness in the house today? So sing with all your might. Praise the Lord when the song starts and when it stops. I know when you start first getting started, it feels awkward, right? It's like, I hope nobody looking at me raise my hand trust me nobody cares but heaven does so lift your hands lift your shout lift your praise because when the praise goes up the presence falls down the spirit pours out the magnified glory of God starts to infect the atmosphere and there's a lingering dew of his anointing that breaks yokes of bondage and joy erupts in souls when we praise the Lord it ain't no concert I love this jam. Yeah, she's good. Where's that guy? He's new. I'm not feeling him yet. Give him a couple of weeks to see if I approve then. I love it when she jumps. She got so much passion and energy, it makes up for my lack of it. We're here to praise God. Amen. Here's a few truths that I think is important to know about the unity in the house of God that we can draw out from the book of Acts. One is unity creates an environment for the Holy Spirit to move. You know when you meet God? You know why that happens? Not because of people are fighting. I'm not saying that people don't have, have issues. Unity is about people learning how to protect the health of their soul and the health of the body. That's where unity comes in. It doesn't mean that nobody's ever going to rub you up the wrong way. Listen, some of what people call church hurt is not church hurt. It's church bitterness. There's a difference. We, we, we relabel toxic presence in our souls because it makes us feel better about the thing we're not willing to surrender to God. You could call it hurt, but it's still unforgiveness. It's still bitterness. It's still reliving the past over and over and over again. And I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It does happen. But you know what church hurt really is? It's people hurt. Don't blame entire communities over what one or two people did to you. Can I get a witness right now? Because some of us have been at this for a long time, and I'm tired of bearing the blame for the one bad guy who, who sowed discord and abused people and mistreated them when there's a, there's a whole lot of us out here pouring out our lives so that people can enter into the gates of heaven and lives can be transformed. Man, let's stop. Let's not giving glory to the devil. Can I get an amen? Yeah, there's, there, yeah, there's some false shepherds and false prophets and false teachers, but this ain't one. This ain't one. 
I've gone broke for this kingdom. I've left house for this kingdom. I've gone without for this kingdom. Why? Because I know the God who owns cattle on a thousand hills, and he's blessed me and rewarded me more than I could ever give him thanks for. But you know what's even better than that? Seeing a broken woman made whole, seeing a three-year-old saying, I love Jesus, saying divorced on the verge of divorced couples coming together and finding restoration, seeing atheist teenagers saying, I believe, yes, he is the Christ. He is the very son of God. So yes, there are false teachers, but we don't got them here, not at least right now. But if y'all are in the house, if you're in the house, we will get you. Leonisim style, I know where you are, and I will find you. And I'll give you a big old hug, and I'll pull out the dagger from the back of my back, and I'll put it back in your hand just to say, I know you, Judas. We've been seeing you since Jesus was betrayed. I know that Absalom spirit from miles away, it, it ain't new. You've been around. In fact, I'm not fighting you, Bob. No offense to any Bobs in the house. I'm not fighting you because I'm wrestling with not flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and, and the rulers of the darkness of this age and spiritual hosts of wickedness and heaven. So I can, that's why I can love you and I can talk all good about the stuff that is good about you while bombarding the diabolical wi wicked spirit that's influencing you. That's what Jesus did, right? Peter said, no, it's never going to happen. You'll never die. He didn't understand. And Jesus said, Peter, get thee behind me, Satan, because you are not mindful of the things of God, but of men. How, do you, how would you feel if you were Peter? You know what Jesus was doing? He had so much discernment as a son of God, which some of us need more discernment because we can't tell the good guys from the bad guys. not bad guys necessarily either, but people under bad influences. That we address people and not spirits. You know, people sometimes they get on my case because I use the word culture a lot. But that is a very, 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 very faulty argument to say you shouldn't use. Oh, well, they use that in secular organizations. They use, no, the it's culture. <laughs> you want me to spiritualize the word chair? earthly throne that is an extension from the inviting eternities of God. So will you have a throne today? Like, words, although limited, just simply express realities. Culture is the embodiment of what we are. And if a culture is bad, it's bad. Sometimes we label things in a negative way, and, it's, and you got to break the false labels. The jackets, somebody, some of us need to rip the jacket off. Like, I'm about to rip off this jacket right now in Jesus' name because it's leather and I'm hot. Never mind, it's tight and it put on 10 pounds. All right, I'll go to the gym. <laughs> Here's the point I was getting to, back to Peter. Is Jesus was not afraid to address the spirit that was influencing the people he loved. Some of us need to stop arguing with our wife or our husband and just admit that a spirit of strife has hit your home for the past three months. 
And some of us need to start arguing with our boss, realizing there's a spirit of persecution that's not attacking you because you do an excellent job. They're attacking you because the atmosphere is threatened by your boldness of faith. And if he can't stop your lips, he'll try to stop your heart. He can stop your courage, stop your, start and stop your boldness, and make you timid about your faith. Some of us need to start addressing the spiritual realities. And not, I'm not just saying, listen, have the conversation, have the tough talk. Learn how to, how to have those conversations. Learn how to forgive. Do the, do the practical stuff. But here's what I've learned along the way. is No matter how many tools I accumulate at psycholo- from psychology, from life coaches, from self-help books, No amount of self-help material will solve demonic problems. No amount of psychology will fix a broken soul. No amount of positive talk or self-talk will get a soul into heaven. So address the practical, but you better be deeply, profoundly spiritual if you're going to tear down the gates of hell because you're not just a good person. You're not just a good citizen. You're not just trying to be a good father and mother or our friend. You are a cross-bearing, spirit-filled warrior of the faith who's got angels behind you and heaven over you and the heavens are cheering you on as a warrior so that you can fight the spiritual battle. Young leaders make this mistake. We make the mistake of thinking everything's natural and we don't address the spiritual. And my friend, it's all spiritual. How do you know a spirit's attacking you? When there's an increase in familiar activity that is unhealthy. Are you with me right now? How do you know a spirit's attacking you? Then one, more than one person in your community, your group, your family is going through a certain thing. How do you know a spirit's attacking you? When all of a sudden something just starts to happen trying to take the faith and strength out of you and it seems like it came from nowhere but the problem is it didn't come from nowhere we just didn't discern it when the enemy was plotting against us that's why when you're rejoicing on the promotion start to praise God but start to pray for the next breakthrough don't settle at that mountain when your marriage goes from here and we're communicating now and my wife loves me again yeah praise God give him thanks and give him glory but you better not settle there fight for the next level fight for the next level of communication pray it into grab hands and say we're going to go for the next territory we're going to go for the inheritance God has promised us as a couple for our children and our children's children we're one Here's what unity does. Another truth is a unity must be a constant pursuit of the church. You can never let up. Tell somebody don't let up. In Acts 2, 46 and 47, it says, day after day, they met in the temple, right in the sanctuary, in the holy place, in the place that was dedicated for worship and the gathering of God's people. So that was one place, continuing with one mind. How many minds? Do you know that you can be many but be one? In marriage, you know you can be two but be one? Do you know in the church that we can be many but one? We don't have to have the same personality type. Can I get an amen in the house? We don't have to be the same color to be united. Can I get an amen? I know more Mexican people and more Filipino. Well, all they t- spend is the same people. They spend the same time with the same people, and it's the most toxic atmosphere. Because even though they speak the same language, have the same culture, have the same stuff, they have the same toxicity that they're not willing to get let, let, set free from. Here's what I'm saying. You could be different, act different, and come from different ages and generations, but if the spirit of the Lord is upon you and you found healing, you can create health in any environment as long as you have two or more people gathered in his name. 
important, church, because we're going to move mountains and take territories and see lives change forever. We've got to be united. Can I get a witness? We've got to pursue this. It says day after day they met in the temple. God, the kingdom, each other was a daily pursuit. We don't get, we don't have to do church. We get to do it. I don't have to go to small group. I get to do it. I don't have to spend time with leaders teaching and planning and preparing. I get to do it. I don't have to show up at 7 a.m. every Sunday till about 2 p.m. and then go to a meeting and then, do, and then after that get prepared for the next week. I, don't, I get to do it. I get to pour out my life for something that's going to last for eternity. It's better than hours on Netflix. It's better than scrolling my life away on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. It's better than wasting my life on things that don't last we complain about things that make a difference because it's killing the devil inside of us not the literal devil but the, the imprints of the enemy the influences every time I say yes to God I make a demon scream and it'll fight tooth and nail to keep you from progress and growth and unity Listen, if you get in a small group, we, our commitment is that we are going to create groups where people will thrive and grow. And if there's toxic stuff, we'll speak into it. And we'll leave people in love. We're not just going to keep people out. But listen, you ain't gossiping in our groups. Hello, can I get an amen? You ain't slandering anybody in that group. You know what our response is going to be? Oh, you have an issue with that person? Come on, I can hook up a coffee conversation right now. Let's do it. Come on, let's lock this in. The greatest problem that we have in churches is that our leaders by title but not by courage and not by character. We wear the title and the role, but we don't live it. We think Jesus was passive, and Jesus just shut up, and he was nice and ate cookies and milk and hugged like a teddy bear, like a care bear. Care bears stare every people into the kingdom of God. Let's just love them. Let's just love them. That's not the love of God. The love of God confronts false prophets and Pharisees. The love of God says to prostitutes, hey, 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 I'm not going to judge you or condemn you, but go and sin no more. They ain't casting stones, but you, if you want to grow, if you want to get healthy, no more of that stuff you've been doing. Come on, I want to get you out of that. Let me set you free. There's more for your life. We're not going to condemn each other. Can I get a witness right now? You can come here broken. You can come from, with faulty mindsets. Because where else are you going to get renewed but in the house of God, with the people of God, under the influence of the Spirit of God, and the proclamation of the Word of God? This is the place to get whole. And it's a journey. It doesn't happen overnight as long as you're willing. And be willing. Because toxic, divisive people have such a hard time sticking around this church for long. I'm going to let that settle for a moment. They don't last. Because the moment you make a decision in your mind that I will not change, I have determined my fate in that community. Because unity and division will always try to choke each other out. 
But when you grow a church and culture starts to set in and health, and you have leaders and small group leaders are constantly speaking, no, we're one. Hey, let's forgive. Let's have a tough conversation. Hey, let's let's work this out. Hey, let's let's go directly to the person we're offended by. You just keep doing that. People start to realize there's only certain things, certain there's only there's there, I I have to make the decision. Am I going to choose to change and grow and get healthy, or am I going to keep trying to stay the same? Then some people will grow. They get healed. They get whole. I'm going to learn how to forgive. I'm going to learn how to be restored. I'm going to learn how to trust again. I'm going to learn how to have a healthy, tough conversation. I'm going to learn reconciliation. I'm going to learn not to make, 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 make divisive remarks about people just because I don't like the way they did something, realizing that there's good in that person. I'm not going to live like that anymore. God's renewing my mind. He's renewing my tongue. And, and, but there's going to be people who say, I don't want that. I don't want that. Nobody wants to hear me complaining about other people because that's the culture that is in their heart. I'm going to tell you, sir, I'm a shepherd. My mission is to disciple, to reproduce leaders, to create healthy kingdom culture, and to preach the gospel. It's all I do. Everything else cannot take from that. Because sometimes the pastor will be the only person speaking the truth that needs to be heard that no one wants to speak. If, you want, if you're called by God, let me encourage you with this. I'm preaching to some hearts today. I want to avoid the tough topics. Is that okay? Protecting the sheep is not an attack against the wolves. And sometimes people come in with a wolf spirit. And they get mad because you speak the truth and you pull up your rod. And you say, No. The bears will not prevail, and the wolves will not win today on my watch. And that spirit of the wolf gets mad. It's not even the person. It's the spirit that's influenced them for ages. And you try to work with them, and some like, oh, wow, I didn't realize about myself. But when, you, when they recognize it, they can grow, but sometimes they don't want it. And they choose the wolf spirit over the way of the shepherd. And you've got to have discernment. You have to be willing to talk to that person and say, this is not a perfect group of people, but it's so good. And it's changed my life. Every week I have conversations with people who tell me their life was changed since Jesus brought them to the Father's house. Every week. Here's my challenge today. Will you fight for the future with us? The church experienced unity in their generosity and their sacrifice. Join the Imagine campaign. Ask, ask what God would have you to do. Listen and then just obey him. Prioritize praying with each other. Get into a small group. You can sign up at Connect today, table today. Look at the lovely Brie back there. She, she, she's right there with the Connect. Give it up for Brie right there. Look at that. She's the Filipino Vanna White, if you're back from the 80s and 90s, right? She right. She's ready to go because she wants to see you get connected. Because unity can only happen in community. And then when it happens, you have to protect it. So the church had to pursue day by day. They're working at this thing. I won't ever stop talking about it. Sometimes people get irritated me, with me. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because half the room is going to raise their hand right now. They get irritated because they say, hey, where, where's the excellence, guys? People get irritated. Hey, why are we late today, guys? Isn't Jesus worth showing up on time for? 
isn't it, isn't it worth giving our very best for? You weren't on time for that day? Maybe you weren't. <laughs> you weren't on time. This, we're working for the kingdom. People will get irritated because we don't have volunteers in this church. We have called people. We don't have volunteers in this church. We don't have people get paid either right now. We will, but you know what we have? We have people that are called. And if you only look for people who will give their leftovers, oh, you know, I'll volunteer my, oh, I'll just, uh, here's whatever, you know, I, I guess I could help out today. You, you can't build a church like that. You know how you build a church? With people who hear the voice of heaven, who hear the cry of the lost, who get in unity with the Spirit of God, and who say, yes, we can make a difference, and I will live and pray and sacrifice to follow Jesus, to impact the culture, to raise up our kids so they don't have to be raised in godless homes to invest in our youth so they can become disciple makers at their high schools so that we can impact men and they can become godly warriors of a husband so we can raise up women who've been battered and they can rediscover their identity in the house of God and in the word of God so we can see families restored so we can re see revival spreading all over our city and beyond. I'm telling you today, if we're united we'll be unstoppable. If we're united, we're going to soar. If we're united, we'll move mountains. If we're united, the devil and the gates of hell can't stop us. If we're united, we're going to see lives changed. If we're united, y'all should start cheating, cheering and shouting and praising. I took off my glasses. It means it just got really serious. If we're united, nothing is impossible. Stand to your feet and give God a hand of praise. Every Sunday, God bless.